Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I went to a restaurant and they said their menu was this little box full of boxes. How am I supposed to read that? Someone said I should point my phone at it. Confused? Don't be. Let's help you know a little more about QR codes. The QR in QR code stands for quick response. It is a quick response code. It was invented by Masahiro Hara of the Denso Wave subsidiary of Japan's Denso Automotive Parts Company in 1994. He was inspired by the black and white patterns created when playing the game of Go. People from the 80s in the United States might know it as Othello. The original application of the QR code was to identify parts in auto manufacturing at high speed. The QR code is a type of 2D or matrix barcode, as opposed to the widespread UPC barcode that you see a lot, which is considered a 1D barcode. A 1D barcode is read in one dimension, so with UPC, the laser horizontally goes over the series of varying widths of black and white bars, whereas a 2D barcode is read vertically and horizontally all at the same time and uses rectangles, or it could use dots or hexagons or other patterns. The big advantage of a 2D barcode is it can hold more information and deliver it quicker than scanning that 1D barcode one little bar at a time. Even though that seems kind of fast, the QR code's faster. A QR code uses black squares. It doesn't use dots or there are other things. It uses black squares and white squares called data modules. They're arranged in a square grid on a white background. The background should extend outside the square. You shouldn't have any black squares in a border around the QR code box. That border is called the quiet zone. It's to make it easy to detect what's actually part of the QR code's matrix. You can encode four standard types of input data or encoding modes. Numeric, which is just numbers zero through nine. Alphanumeric, which is the numbers, the alphabet, and a few punctuation marks. Byte and binary, which is code. And kanji, which is a Japanese alphabet. The maximum amount of information you can encode depends on which of these inputs you're using, as well as your level of error correction and the dimensions of the grid. Grid dimensions are described by a level number from 1 to 40. Level 1 is the smallest. It has 21 by 21 data modules, and each level adds four more until you get to level 40, the largest, with 177 by 177 data modules. Maximum capacity, the most you could possibly squeeze into a QR code, is 40L numeric encoding. 
which encodes just numbers at the maximum dimensions of the grid with the lowest error correction. If you do that, you can hold 7,089 characters, as long as those characters are 0 through 9. Uh, if you want to put any letters in, the alphanumeric version of the same thing holds 4,296 characters. Most QR codes, though, that you see in everyday life are around versions 2 through 5. They usually hold between 20 to 100 characters, which is enough for a shortened URL. Because a QR code is two-dimensional, you need an image sensor to detect it. And since almost every phone now has a camera, the phone has become the most familiar way QR codes are scanned. A Reed-Solomon error correction process is used to interpret the pattern. Now, you don't have to go brush up on that. Reed-Solomon is a common error correction process. It's used in CDs, Blu-ray discs, DSL, RAID 6. In QR codes, there are four levels of that error correction that are implemented. L is the lowest, restoring approximately 7% of data. M is the middle, 15%. Q, for some reason, is the next up at 25%. And H is the highest at 30%. Now, what I'm about to say is going to offend statisticians and data professionals, but you can roughly think of this as up to 7% of the data is damaged, and the L error correction will still let you read the data. That's not exactly how it works, but that gets your mind wrapped around it. In practice, most QR codes seem to use M. I guess they assume if more than 15% of that sticker is damaged, you might as well get a new menu sticker. But let's get into how patterns of blocks get turned into your restaurant menu or your Wi-Fi password or the name of the conference room or whatever. The whole QR code is made up of just those blocks called data modules, either black squares or empty white spaces. You might have noticed there are always three distinctive larger squares in three of the corners of a QR code. Those are position markers. They're used along with a smaller square or set of squares in the bottom right fourth corner to calibrate the size, orientation, and angle in which the pattern is being viewed. It lets the sensor know, like, this is the actual QR code. Now, your QR code reader, likely your phone's camera, knows where the code is and can adjust for how big it looks in your camera. It can even do those adjustments on the fly as your unsteady hand wavers over the restaurant table. So now... We need to know some things about what kind of encoding and error correction to expect. This way, your reader will be able to interpret the data correctly. The mode indicator is placed in the bottom right, indicating the input type. Is this numbers, alphanumeric, kanji, etc.? Other format information, like what error correction quality we're using and what character account to expect, are placed near the three position squares. These are done as a sequence of four-bit indicators. They're always going to be four bits. They know how they're encoded. They're easy to expect. You don't have to know anything else if you're a standard QR code reader to be able to read that stuff. That stuff always the same. Let's the reader know whether to look for numbers, alphabets, kanji, whatever, and how much will be redundant error correction code. Now, it's time to read the whole point of this exercise, the data, the thing, the link to the menu, the kind of auto part this is, the Wi-Fi password. In the space remaining after the position markers and format data, the encoded data is placed from right to left in a zigzag pattern until it reaches an end indicator. The amount of bits used for your data varies by the type of input. So numbers can get about three digits into 10 bits, alphanumeric gets two characters into 11 bits, and so on. You can even switch encoding types if you need to, just throw in another 4-bit indicator to let them know you're switching. You often need to mix input types because 
Maybe you're trying to save space, so you're using numeric for just the number part, but then you switch to alphanumeric when you need alphabet, and alphanumeric can only do capital case and eight punctuation marks. So to do anything beyond that, you need to use bytes, which takes up even more space. But that's it. Once the reader has interpreted all that, it has the data, and then the reader goes from there, whether that's showing you a URL you can tap, or your Wi-Fi password, or that this is a brake pad. Now, you may wonder who keeps track of how all that works so that every reader works with every QR code. QR codes have been standardized multiple times over the years. The first time was in October 1997 for the Association for Automatic Identification and Mobility, followed by one in January 1999 from JIS, or Japanese Industrial Standards, and then the heavy, the International Standards Organization, or ISO, issued its first standard in June 2000, and most recently updated it on February 1st, 2015. Now, the company that made all this possible, Denso, freely licenses QR code tech as long as you're using either the JIS or ISO standards. While Denso holds patents on the technology, it waived its rights for standardized codes and its patents in the U.S. and Japan have already expired. However, Denso does still hold the trademark on the name QR code and maintains some proprietary non-standard implementations. But the ones you mostly see are standards compliant. Now, you probably figured this out, but QR codes are static. They're, They're meant to be printed, and so you don't want them to change. Even if you made an animated GIF of a QR code, the reader would just keep trying to show you the latest one. Once you make a QR code, it's meant to stay that way, which makes them great for permanent information, which is why they're very good at things like parts identification. This is a shock absorber, and we have very little expectation that it will suddenly become a brake pad one day so we can slap a QR code on it and the assembly robot will always know what it is. However, at some point, folks had the bright idea to encode URLs into QR codes. I mean, why not? URLs are just alphanumeric strings, right? Now, the URLs are still static, but any URL can be made to point to a different thing over time by redirecting it. Knowalittlemore.com, for instance, points to a site on Acast where the podcast lives, but I could change that. I could have knowalittlemore.com point to the Daily Tech News Show blog posts about the show instead if I wanted to. So URLs sort of bring in the idea of a dynamic QR code, and therefore some people refer to static versus dynamic QR codes. Let's be clear. They're all static. So when someone says a QR code is dynamic, what they're really saying is it has a URL. The code itself isn't actually dynamic, but it points to a URL that you know you can redirect to a different thing. This is helpful for, say, a restaurant that wants to change its menu. It's also helpful for malicious types who want to do crimes and other malicious behavior. As I think is clear by now, QR codes themselves are not risky. They only hold static data. QR code readers, when working properly, would prevent unauthorized executions of that data. And there's really not a lot of leeway to make a very capable executable anyway. So the bigger worry is the URL. The practice of encoding URLs in QR codes is widespread. Dare we speculate it's the norm? And that means the same risks that come in clicking any URL anywhere come with QR codes. One weakness could be a third-party QR code reader that let its permissions down a little. That's just like a browser having a flaw. But even the most buttoned-down from the OS manufacturer built into the camera app QR code reader can just take you to a malicious site like any email, text message, or link on the web. As such, 
You should only scan QR codes if you're certain of the source. QR code stickers out in the world might be legitimate, or they might have been stuck there by someone malicious, possibly over the top of the legitimate one. This doesn't mean you should never scan a QR code in public, but use secure QR code readers and look carefully at the link you're being sent to before tapping it. Keep in mind, malicious links can look to you like they operate normally after you tap them if you didn't see where they're going. But they could engage in malicious behavior behind the scenes, like accessing your browser history or sending text messages without your knowledge. It's also good to double check the URL after you tap to make sure it took you where you expected to go. Don't just look at the graphics or the site layout. Those can be faked. And resist the urge to log in or pay for something or download an app from a QR code link. Those are all popular scam vectors. Now, there are legitimate times to use QR codes for all those things, but you need to be very sure about the legitimacy of the code you scanned before you do those. Keep in mind that while the actual scanning of a QR code leaks no data, using a QR code to go to a website exposes all the same kinds of data as any visit to a website. You know, like your IP address, what kind of browser you're using, the device you're using. This is no worse than browsing the web, mind you, but something to keep in mind. Finally, there are a few variations on the QR code you might encounter. The micro QR code holds a very small amount of info, as you might have guessed, but it doesn't take up much space, so it's often used on small items. It only has one positioning square in the upper left corner. Denso Wave itself has a proprietary version called the iQR code that can be square or rectangular, and because of that flexibility, it works well on cylindrical objects, and it holds more information than the standard QR code. And frame QR codes take advantage of error correction to allow for a canvas area in the middle that can be used for things like logos and graphics, etc. QR codes, they're just big dumb links made of squares. So treat them like any big dumb link you'd find anywhere. In other words, I hope you know a little more about QR codes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.